remember the Conqueror, listener? The Coral Coast remembers him, even if its people have forgotten. He once collected a rich garden of different peoples and traditions under his banner through force of arms and valiant warlike courage. The history books also give him credit for the infrastructure that made widespread trade and study possible in the region. It was in service of war. They have forgotten this, too. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I am your host, your king, your warlike conqueror. It is me, Kat. Hi, Kat. Hi, Kirsten. With me today, we have uh, Nick. Hi, I'm first this time. Yeah. And we have Kathleen. Hi there. Have I forgotten anybody? I think I think everybody present. And that was Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> Previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party put their heads together with Folkwin, Rata, and Daybreak to decide what to do next. And what they settled on was to retrace their steps through the Valley of the Conqueror back to the Sacred Origin Isle, where they first saw, well, not first, but one of the places where they recently saw that same tree with the dark leaves and the star-shaped white flowers seems to signal the resting place of a fragment of Juca. And I believe it's time for the party to set out aboard the Westbreaker. At least it's the morning of the day that you're going to set out. I'm going to suggest that we... Not all of the way medias res, but like media medias res. So we've already set out. We're like on the deck. We are sailing towards um, the Valley of the Conqueror. Yeah. Medium res. Yeah. yeah. I I don't think Penelope has anything planned beyond grabbing some pocket snacks and climbing aboard. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that Tissa is, in fact, at this point, sharing a... Well, it's not a pocket snacks because they're in a basket. Um, she and Gideon picked up a bunch of fruits last night and mm-hmm. decided if they were going to be shopping anyway, they might as well have something nice tomorrow on the ocean. Lovely. Yeah. So Gideon is leaning over the gunnel. Her hand is just drenched in fruit juice as she is clumsily peeling a thick, rinded tropical fruit in her other hand. Just staring out at the shadows on the horizon that are the steep islands of the Valley of the Conqueror. If you didn't listen to season one, listener, the Valley of the Conqueror is an archipelago of cliffs that form tiny little uninhabitable islands in the southeastern sea. At the far end of this archipelago is a place called Origin Island, said to be the resting place of a great conqueror from the the area's distant past. The Valley of the Conqueror itself is steep and a little difficult to navigate, what with the cliffs everywhere and the islands so tall that they loom over the deck of the Westbreaker. Cobb has probably gone to Rada and is offering them the little bits that he had Gideon go get. And he's kind of like, hey... I'm going to give you something here. And he hands them a couple of like little packages. That one take with water. The other one, steep it as tea. It'll keep you going. Don't have too much of it. I've been there before. Trust me, this will help. Okay. Well, I was going to say, if you don't like tea, you can also chew on the leaves, but the tea is better. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. And they are just like not looking at you. Still kind of prickly. But they do accept your medicine. Cobb thinks of like patting them on the shoulder, but then decides not to at the last second and just kind of goes, everybody's worried about you. <sighs> I'm fine. Just a little banged up. Well, Coral's getting pretty rough out there today, so... I guess if you need anything, I'll be up at the wheel. Mm. 
All right, can, come on, Penelope, like I showed you. That that rope, yes, that, oh. that the other, okay. Oh, okay, yeah. This, this way? Perfect. Awesome. I think, I think I'm finally, like, after all this traveling on boats, they're not as frightening to me anymore. I mean, I still can't beat the wide open prairies, but it's not too bad if you think of the ocean as a water prairie, kind of, and a ship is like a large carriage, sort of works. Mm. Tissa nods emphatically. So does Fulquin, actually. <laughs> yeah. I guess I never thought about it that way. Hmm. <clears throat> this is a lot better in the daylight. I bet. Fulquin is also leaning over the gunwale. She's holding on to her huge sun hat in one hand, doing a very convincing job of appearing to enjoy the view. It's tricky, though, because the only way through is this current, and we're going to turn into it in probably half an hour. You'll be able to tell. We're probably going to pull down the sails a little bit. Mm, that makes it go slower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because the air is pushing on the sail, which is pushing on the boat, which... Pushes on the water, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, what is Daybreak up to with all this? Are they hanging around on deck or are they off being like a, I don't know, like an albatross or something? That was actually exactly what I was about to say is that there's a gold-winged albatross <laughs> just kind of lurking around the West Breaker. Yes, yes, yes. And can I get sensitivity rolls from every bunny, please? Certainly. Uh, what are we using for sailing the boat? Are we using just survival? Sure, if you want. Because I was just thinking Cobb is probably paying attention to the boat, seeing, like, how the winds are doing, how the ocean's doing, all that stuff. Mm. Tissa rolled sensitivity navigation and got three, four, five, six. Okay. I think I'm going to ask you for three for this. Okay. If you're rolling navigation, I'm going to ask for three. Okay. I think Penelope's going to do sensitivity survival. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Fours and threes, so nada. Oh, no. Penelope is distracted by the beautiful golden albatross. Cobb is also somewhat distracted. He only got one success. Well, it's a good thing that uh, I used perfection to get an additional success then. It absolutely is a good thing because, Tessa, you can see that there is something wrong with the current. It is not behaving the same way it should. It is not behaving the way that it does on your charts. Oh. There is a disturbance in the water, a large one, an extremely large one. Huh. Could the coral have gone this fast? I think she says out loud. Hmm. Because this isn't right. Gideon kind of finishes the fruit she's eating, makes a run for the mast so she can climb up into the crow's nest and get a better look. And that golden albatross lands next to you, Penelope. Oh, hi. How's the flight? Yeah, it's weird up there. Weird. And it kind of reaches up a wing to, like, make that grabbing you by the cheeks gesture, but with with wings. <laughs> it's weird. Hey. Oh. Is Daybreak kind of like moving my face to look in a direction? Yes. But the first thing that you notice is that they have not bothered to not have teeth and a beak simultaneously. <laughs> the effect is awful. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, so they're a horrible uh, goose. Penelope simultaneously is in awe of the grandeur of the albatross, but also frightened by beak teeth. <laughs> That was the desired effect, you're pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> so Penelope follows the wing um, and looks. After a little sailing, and now that somebody is physically pointing you at it, as the Westbreaker approaches, you see white on the horizon. The bone white of the Coral Coast. The... Oh. 
there are huge spikes emitting from the sides of these steep islands. The ocean itself is covered with a lattice of coral, like a sheet of ice, and it is surging. The waves are growing taller, and you are sailing into chaos. I take back what I said earlier about the ocean being a water prairie. This is... Oof. <laughs> Penelope kind of studies it for a moment, and then... Um, I think she calls over Polly and is going to take to the wind to see if she can kind of tell if there, where there might be a little bit better paths or something to help point out really big obstacles or something. Daybreak also takes to the sky next to you. So do Jem and Rada, eventually. And can I get adaptability tactics rolls from everybody, please? You can. Oh. Oh, yes. The Coral Spirit really, really doesn't like us being anywhere near the Valley of the Conqueror, huh? Not right now, apparently. It's having a time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Penelope is going to use competition since both Rada and Daybreak are also taken to the skies. Like, Penelope's used to being the only one with the ability to fly, so it's kind of like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the best I can, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. Oh, oh, no, go one success. Not the greatest, but... Just an edge success from Tessa. And Cobb got two. Okay, this encounter, which I have called Rampage of the Coral Spirit, gets three turns per round. First round, I will give it four if you keep that edge success. Hmm. Let's not... Eh? I never take the that sort of edge success, so I'll take the edge that sort of edge success this time. Okay, so the party is starting with a pool of four. So, this is the rampage of the coral spirit. To destroy it means to fight back the coral spirit. To redirect it means to convince it to let you pass safely. To outlast means to make it out of the spirit's rampage in any direction. Completing Outlast, it should be noted, may not get you closer to Origin Island. There are two special rules in this combat. The first one is called Chaos of the Coast. Whenever you roll using a facet, you cannot use the same facet in the following round. And we'll get to the second one if it comes up. So with that said, what is everybody doing in the party's first round? I think Cobb is going to do the somewhat stereotypical but useful thing of, I guess, piloting the ship? Steering the ship. Whatever you do to a ship. You don't drive a ship. I know that much. Okay. Just hang on, everybody. And he is going to use adaptability and I guess survival, as we're saying, is ship riding. So adaptability, survival to steer the Westbreaker into a place that is directly out of the immediate line of the coral. So this will be adding to the pool. Okay. Remember to mark somewhere that you've used adaptability this round and you can't next round. Uh, yes. Cobb got two successes again. He is rolling on almost identical roll. Okay. Brings the party to six. This is going to roll understanding spirits to add to the pool. Okay. What does she know about the coral spirit? What can she tell about the coral spirit? That's two successes into four. Okay. I think that I will just take two successes for now. Okay. That bumps us up to eight as Tissa is kind of going over everything she knows about the coral spirit. The guardian spirit of the coral coast was said to have buffered a giant wave that would have otherwise wiped out Hushwave City. It is the reason for a lot of the chaos around here, but every source that you've ever heard lists it as a benevolent protector of humankind. Mm -hmm. And I think that Tissa also remembers that the Coral Spirit like, take stances on things. Mm -hmm. The Coral Spirit didn't seem to care much for the uh, Barrel Green, the shipwreck that the party first met to investigate. 
This is historically speaking true, yes. But then did drag it back up for some reason. The Coral Spirit has reasons for the things it does. Yep. I think is where Tissa lands. Yep. Okay. Kirsten. What are the spell pieces here? I'm going to use the spell pieces from the last time you were here. We're going to go glittering, pulling, rolling, harpoon, and do not make me regret this, shark. Oh, no. (laughs) I think, oh, I don't know if, oh, actually, yes. I think Penelope might cast a spell to help make navigating over the coral easier, pulling wind to help increase the water level in front of the West Breaker so that it's like sits up higher and thus doesn't run along the coral as easy. Okay. All right. So my next question for you is, are you trying to advance a goal or are you trying to uh, add to the pool? Um, when Outlast, you said we might not end up actually at our destination, correct? That is correct, although you will end up getting out of this safely. You know what? I think that's an Outlast action. It might throw us a bit off course, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Outlast. If that's okay with team. Difficulty to Outlast is five. So I think Penelope is going to use three scatter and two from the pool. How does team feel about that? It's going to get four moves. I don't know if the NPCs are going to help. Oh, yeah. We have so many NPCs. There's one NPC turn per round. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess go for it. Okay. So Penelope puts her hands at the front of the ship and the wind kind of blows a um, a crescent of a wave that kind of bears the ship up and lifts it sort of over the low coral. Okay. Now my question is, which NPC is acting this round? Oh, do we get to choose? You know what? Do you guys have any ideas? You've got a lot of NPCs at your disposal right now. I have a feeling that even if we were to be like, no, you've been hurt, Rada would be absolutely like, I'm helping with this. Oh yeah, Rada's already up in the air. Rada's ready to party. Yeah, I was going to say, I was curious to see what Gideon was up to, but this is definitely the Rada show because they are absolutely not going to listen to Cobb. They're... (laughs) They're absolutely not ever going to listen to Cobb. Rada ain't gonna listen to no one. It just plain isn't their style, not really. Let's see. Okay, I think what Rada is going to do is also cast a spell. Rada and Jem kind of slow down, hover just above the Westbreaker, and Rada pulls back nothing on their bow. And what launches out is a faintly green gust of wind that smells like pine needles and sears through the air straight ahead, busting a line through the coral. And Rada has cast Wondrous Harpoon. Ooh. And that is going to add two to the pool. And now it is time for the Coral Spirit. Spike launches from the sea toward Penelope. Would you like to spend a point or would you like Penelope to take two damage? It's normally two points, but Penelope is too quick. Um, I'm cool with taking a point. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not a whole lot. Besides, we have no idea how attrition-y this is going to be, so yeah, I say yeah. Okay. Plus, it's a cool moment where Penelope can duck out of the way. Yeah. So we're taking the one point and then Penelope just dodges out of the way of this spike of coral. Yeah. Next thing that happens is this circle of coral rises up out of the ocean. A wall of coral starts to grow around the ship, blotting out your vision, covering the horizon in just a lacy network of little skeletons. You can pay two 
or there will be no sensitivity or survival rolls next round. I'm leaning towards paying the two. I don't know. I think that I could take that. I've got other stuff that I could do. Oh, okay. But wow's Cobb falling on this one? How much was it to avoid again? Two. Oh, yeah. We're, we're at seven. I'm going to say definitely yes. Okay. Or at least I'm hoping that it doesn't hit it with something that is six or greater. Okay. I don't know how um, nasty Cat wants to be, but... Very. <laughs> so we're letting the coral lattice happen? No, we are just motoring through, I think with the help of Rada's spell and your swell of water, the Westbreaker makes it over the beginnings of this bubble of coral. Oh, okay. Which is good. Because it also does a third thing that I didn't talk about. Don't worry about the third thing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The next thing that happens is the coral rocks the ship. Just a mass of coral slams into the side of the Westbreaker. And everybody is going to lose two successes off their rolls for the next round. Or pay for. Ooh, that one's spicy. I don't know. How much magic is everybody going to use next round? I mean... Does Tissa have a big spell plan? That's a good point. Like, if we if we take a magic round, like, that would circumvent this, right, Kat? Yeah. It's just two successes off your rolls. I'm cool with that. Okay. Yeah, why not? Let's have a let's have a magic round. Cobb doesn't use magic that often. Okay. In which case, I have chosen my fourth move. Mm-hmm. Uh, chosen of the Coral Father. It will cost six to avoid. Which we don't have, so we're just eating it. The voice of the Coral Spirit booms through the hearts of the party like a war trumpet. You cannot hear what it is saying, but just like when Brid was speaking to it back at the lodge, you have the indelible sensation that something is there and something is speaking, and this time it is commanding your attention. And it is commanding pieces of your attention, specifically three pieces of your attention. Okay, then. Everybody take three scatter, please. Ooh, okay. Taking three scatter. Ouch. The good news is, from here on out, it's only going to take three. Hooray. And also the good news is, it's your turn. Well, since the Coral Spirit just talked to Tissa, Tissa wants to talk to the Coral Spirit. And so she wants to cast um, Speaking Harpoon. Okay. I mean, like, the harpoon is because the coral is spiky. Oh, I get you now. Now, no, now I'm on your wavelength. Yeah. Now we're on the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. To redirect. All right. She is amenable to doing a chord with someone, or it can just be by herself. Uh, what were the pieces that you were thinking of? Because Cobb has a lot of good nautical pieces. Good point. Yeah. I was thinking of speaking harpoon. But we could do something else if you've got a good word. Um, actually, Cobb has the piece crew. Why don't you open channels for all of us there? And I have heart. So maybe heart, like speaking to the heart of the coral. Um, I think that if we did that, we would want to like really throw some weight into it because there's a big opportunity cost. Um, because I'm not planning to add to the pool here. I'm planning to redirect. Okay. You and, yeah, it does make more sense to have like a, a, a two-person. Okay. So we're going to go with uh, crew speaking harpoon? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Please tell me more about this, please. Tissa kind of makes the universal, did you just hear that? Like gesture at everybody? And I think catches Cobb's eye and, like, comes over to him at the wheel. Opening channels, then, is it? All right, well, I'll give you as much help as I can. And everyone kind of hears the little navel whistle. Not shrill, but just kind of there. And everyone's hearing kind of clears up just a little bit. And everyone hears a slight tingling noise, maybe something rubbing against something rough and porous as little sparkling particles rise from the coral. That's very good and I like it a great deal. The difficulty to redirect is five. Okay. I could 
put five scatter into this. Uh, well, Cobb can give you a couple if you want to put in three. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two and three then. We'll just redirect once. Or you could both pay five. Well, it, it does do a lot of scatter damage, and so I'm thinking, or scatter, is it damage? It, anyways, it scatters a lot. Mm-hmm. And if we get hit with another, like, big one and we're both at, like, two, it, we might just, it might be nap-nap time. Oh, yeah, I do have the power to do that to you, yeah. So, yeah, we will redirect once. Please tell me about what you are conveying to the coral spirit as you do this. Tissa, I think, is conveying, okay, you definitely don't want us here. Um, and, and you're saying something, but... uh. Uh, 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 I, I, I want to understand better, I think. And I think that I'm going to take my NPC turn now. Mm-hmm. Because she is not a ranger, but as part of the crew, she has had a line opened up to the coral spirit. So Fulquin kind of clasps her hands in front of her and closes her eyes and starts praying. And she's going to add two to the pool by trying to communicate with the coral spirit. Oh, I want um, some blurry clarity also. Oh, yeah, some blurry clarity. You get the sense that something has passed through here that has deeply pissed off the coral spirit. Oh, damn it. It is reacting to the presence of an outside force. Okay. Okay. Penelope time. I think Penelope is, even though there's the penalty to rules, is not going to cast a spell because reminded by Nick that, yes, the power of forest scatter. And yeah, that would not be good. But I think Penelope is going to... Understanding survival. Okay. Um... Before you roll the dice, I feel like it's unsporting not to warn you about the second special rule in the combat. So right now, everyone loses two successes off their rolls because of the assault. The second special rule is called Bone White Jaws, and any player who makes a roll resulting in no successes is tossed overboard and takes four damage. Oh. Oh. Oh, indeed. (laughs) I feel it would be unsporting not to warn you about what will happen if there are no successes. Does that post minus two successes or pre minus two successes? Oh, that is post. It's post? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Okay. I will I will say my idea with the key. And you, you, let me know if it's too much of a stretch. So my idea was okay. to rule understanding survival with my key of kindness because we still have that link to the coral to kind of... Mm-hmm. Um, continue that flow of communication with the coral and using the survival help um, keep the ship in a safe area. Okay. You understand that if you roll two or fewer successes, you're going to take a bad tumble, yeah? Yes. Penelope okay. is... No. <laughs> actually, Penelope can... Oh no, Penelope, that's metagaming. I was like, Penelope can take to the air, but then again, perhaps the coral hits... Her I'm not making mechanics just for Cobb and Tissa yeah. and letting you escape them. Exactly. That's not fair. No, no, that makes sense. So, like, the coral could still hit me. Okay. I, I, um, I'm going to do that. Does the key thing, like, does that seem... Oh, yeah. No, the key thing flies. Okay. That absolutely, yeah, that flies. Yeah, I like that use of kindness. It's very good. Let's hope that I get... One, two. <laughs> I had six dice and I got two successes pre my negative two. So Penelope's going overboard. Penelope is going overboard. A spike of coral is launched through the air and Pollyanna is quick enough to avoid it. But the very sudden movement and the gust of wind knocks Penelope off. And she tumbles onto the coral. Oh. Takes four damage and is now lying on the surface of the ocean, surrounded by spikes of bony white. Well, that 
could have gone better. A, a little, just a little bit. So it's my turn now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. So the first thing that is going to happen is brute force. The coral rises up against the side of the Westbreaker and just gives it a shove. And you can pay four to avoid this. The spirit is trying to advance out last by pushing you away. And we have six in the pool right now? Or seven in the pool? Seven, yeah. And we have outlasted one, and we have redirected one, and there are two more attacks. I am okay with it advancing at last. I am too. Alrighty. Next thing we are going to do is we are going to try Nacreous Isolation again. A wall of coral begins to grow around the West Breaker in a circle. It will prevent sensitivity or survival rolls next round unless you pay two. I can do without sensitivity again. I'm planning on rolling daring next round unless something changes. Cobb, Penelope, your thoughts, your feelings? Um, Cobb is okay with that. Well, I, what is Penelope doing? Penelope is okay with letting it ride. Okay, so a wall of coral gathers around the Westbreaker, blotting out the horizon and reaching up to cast long shadows. You can no longer see the sun. The last thing I'm going to do is, I'm going to launch a spike at Cobb. This one is, however, poisonous. Um, when a poisoned party member rolls a die and the result is not a success or edge success, that party member takes one damage. Or you can pay two. That sounds very painful. I would like to pay two. Uh, Cobb would like to pay two. <laughs> yeah. No poison for Cobble. Poison sounds like a not fun thing to have. So the party's down to five and it is the party's turn. Tissa runs to the other end of the Westbreaker, sort of just past this, what I'm imagining as like a small tunnel almost, that we are half sailing, half like being pushed through, and is going to use Daring Spirits plus Empathy to again try to get through to the Coral Spirit to add to the pool. Alrighty. Hopefully, maybe it will, like, if not let us through, at least hesitate a little bit. Sounds good. And she is sort of shouting, like, was that demon through? Uh, we're trying to help you against it. Or it, we're trying to figure out the... Can you help us, please? She gets four successes and a four. Nice. I think I'm just going to take four successes. Okay, that brings the party to nine. Yes, and Cobb is going to... So is the coral, like, shell between the boat and Penelope? It is not. Penelope is inside the shell, I think. Okay. Uh, In that case, then, Cobb is going to use... Obviously, Daring... But also, he can't use survival, which is the boat skill. Um, what can he use then? Because uh, I was thinking if, it, if she was outside, he was going to use daring melee weapons to punch a hole through it. But it sounds like he doesn't need to do that. So what can he do? I mean, there's the Cobb favorite athletics. That is a good one. Uh, yeah, Cobb is going to daring athletics to try and throw a rope down to Penelope so that way we can drag her back up on the boat. Okay. That sounds like contributing to the pool. It is indeed contributing to the pool. Thanks, Cobb. Cobb got two successes and one edge success, which is actually pretty average for his dice. If you keep the edge success, I'm going to do the poison to you. As in that the attack will, there will be a poison attack and it will be directed at Cobb or as though Cobb becomes poisoned. I guess there will be a poison attack directed at Cobb because it costs two to avoid. So that math doesn't really work out if I just say it hits. That's not worth one success. That's worth two. 
I just really want to poison somebody. <laughs> I'm a poison type Pokemon today. You know what? I'm going to say, yeah, we'll keep it. Cobb's going to live dangerously. Maybe he gets poisoned. I hope not, but maybe. Okay. What does Penelope do? So I think Penelope is going to use understanding writing to get back up on Polly and try to find um, a weak spot in the coral while being able to kind of dodge the coral. Wait, did you use understanding last time? You did. You're not allowed. Forbidden. Oh, shoot. That's right. Thank you. Adaptability. Because I guess that's not something Penelope does often flying through coral. Um, yeah, okay. Okay. Thank you, Kathleen. Um, and adding in, <laughs> I've been really, really trying to fill out my key. Uh, key of stubbornness. Get knocked off the horse, you get back on again. Cloud elk. Not a horse. Cloud elk. <laughs> this has been going on since arc one. Yes, but of the idiom. <laughs> Roll your dice. Okay. Two successes and an edge. If you keep this edge success, the poison attack against Cobble will hit. Ah, you've made it cost two now. Yes. You know, I think Penelope is comfortable with just adding two to the pool. I guess I should have said that too. I okay. was thinking of adding to the pool. That brings the party to 13. However, now it is time for an NPC turn. And the Westbreaker is enveloped in a shell of glittering pale blue. And a sound rings through the air like a struck bell. And Gideon has cast glittering armor. Very on brand. Yeah, it's very her brand, yes. Oh, goodness, it's my turn again. It is. We're going to do another broadside assault, rocking the ship and causing everyone to lose two successes, unless you pay for. I want to pay for this time. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. Alrighty, that brings the party to 11. We're going to try to poison Cobb unless you pay two. Uh, Cobb would like to not be poisoned. So Cobb votes for pay two. Okay, and that would bring us to nine then? Nine. And we're going to try Nacreous Isolation again. The wall of coral is going to grow higher and thicker. No sensitivity or survival rules for the next round. I'm cool with letting that pass. Yeah, I can, I can handle that. Yeah, sounds like we are going to try and be a little more creative. So it's the party's turn. You can't sensitivity or survival. And you have nine in the pool. What would you like to do? Um, I think... Uh, sorry, what... How far are we on the destroy path again? Zero on destroy, one on redirect, two on outlast. How much is it to redirect? Five. Okay, I think Penelope has an idea. So I have unlocked my signature spell, Supporting Earth. What the heck? The arc just started. <laughs> you did that fast. Penelope <laughs> is speedrunning that key. I really, like, I, I used... My key the lot the last like two episodes. <laughs> um, um, and would like to cast supporting earth in that shifting the earth that is supporting this coral just a little bit to like let us pass through. So are you the pool or are you advancing a goal? I'm gonna advance um we uh, we're at two for a last? We're at two for Outlast, yeah. I'm going to advance um, Outlast. That'll bring us to three Outlast. And five. So I think if this works for everybody, three from the pool and two of my own. Don't forget that you also get a scatter refresh when you finish your key. <laughs> I was like, I haven't used key in a long, long time. So I spammed it. I was excited. <laughs> Party, what are your thoughts about this? Well, Tissa wants to talk to the coral spirit still, rather than run away, but she is also starting to be worried that if we go there, we're going to find that the tree has like been uprooted or something. Because while the coral spirit did not respond to her suggestion, I'm pretty sure that that's what Kat said. 
<laughs> and Tissa, I think, will interpret a psychic vibe of something bad has been here that's got the coral spirit all riled up to mean that very same demon that we're dealing with right now. That would be reasonable, huh? It would be. So, um, would you prefer me to do something else so you could talk to the spirit a little bit more, or...? I think what I'm hearing is that Kathleen would prefer we were uh, advancing redirect rather than outlast. Okay, how much is redirect? Same, five. Okay, I can definitely do that. I do think that moving the ground to move the coral out of the way is an outlast. Can you think of a way to use supporting Earth that is more, like, communicative? Or we could run with this tension. That's acceptable to me also. Okay. Um, you know, could use supporting Earth as, um, Penelope is now creating a connection with the ground that is supporting the coral. Oh. It is a spirit of the land. Yeah. I'm thinking three scatter of my own, two from the pool. That busts the party down to seven, if I'm doing my math right. Alrighty. Okay. Nick, Kathleen, your thoughts? I've got an idea for what I think Tissa wants to roll adaptability navigation to try to find a safe path to sort of continue moving through these walls of coral to add to the pool. Alrighty. <laughs> Ouch. Three edge successes. That's a lot. Hmm. You know, if you keep those edge successes, it is going to get a free outlast. Hmm. Basically, there is a safe road, but it's not the road you're trying to take. Hmm. Okay. All right. So the party pool goes up to 10. We have two redirect and three outlast. Nick. Hmm, let's see. Cobb wants to work on redirect, but Nick is having trouble coming up with what he could do, which is very unlike Cobb because he has a high adaptability. Nick's adaptability is okay. Hmm. May I suggest a horrible spell? I could indeed a horrible spell. We also have NPCs present you could cast a cord with if you so desired. Uh, what spell pieces does Gideon have? She's part of the crew. Mm-hmm. She's absolutely part of the crew. And I closed the manual like a maniac. I know she has protecting because she's used that. I know she has armor. I think we're going to go grim, endless... Weapon and victory. Those are all really good, and most of them are kind of aggressive. Well, most crusader words are kind of aggressive. Endless is pretty good. Can I do something with endless? That is a good spell piece. Spell pieces around here are glittering, pulling, rolling, harpoon, and shark. Took them out of my notes from two years ago. Thanks, notes from two years ago. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, yeah, actually, I think I've got a good one. Cobb calls out to get in. Ged, I need a hand here. Can you give me a little something? Of course. And she does one of her lazy salutes. Cobb is going to cast Endless Glittering Water. The ocean glistens and sparkles. And we're just going to try and, like, calm down the coral spirits. Give Tissa that wedge that she can actually sit down and have a heart to whatever it is that coral has. Hmm. I love that very much. How much scatter are you spending? Ooh, Cobb doesn't have a whole lot. Two, two, and one from the pool? Yeah, I think that sounds good. That leaves Cobb with, well, yeah, two, two, and one from the pool, uh, assuming Gideon is up for it. Yeah, she's going to match whatever you cost. Well, and I figured, too, since that's what you're giving us for the NPCs mostly. Yep. I mean... (laughs) Big spells are kind of her jam, so I could be sold on something bigger, but... That's true. Unfortunately, I think if Cobb tried to go any further, he would the pass out. Mm. So that leaves us with nine in the pool, and it's time for me. You? Me. So the first thing that it's going to attempt to do is continue growing this wall of coral, and it is now 
trying to form like a half sphere on the surface of the ocean. That is two, or else no one can make sensitivity or survival rolls next round. Um, I'm okay with still letting it do this, but how does, how does everyone else feel? Kathleen's trying to figure out what the mysterious third thing that there is that I mentioned. (laughs) I'm beginning to wonder if the mysterious third thing is letting it do this too much. Yeah. Oh. Like, we're pretty much encased now, which is, on the one hand, pretty badass and very magic. Really, like a really metal mental image I'm getting right now. It is a wall of tiny bones. So I am torn here. Because I also really like the image of, like, the ship just entirely encased in a calm ocean with spikes on the one side and it going dark and the only thing left is to try to speak. But on the other hand, Kat's got a third mechanic here. Like, caution. Mm. It's two to avoid. You have nine in the pool. We have nine, so this time pay the two. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, this time we'll go down to seven. The next thing I'm going to do is a move called Swallow Hole. And everyone aboard takes damage equal to the amount of times I've successfully used Nacreous Isolation. Ah. So two. There we go. All right. You can pay six or else everyone takes two. I've got enough HP. How how is Penelope feeling? Penelope can take two, yeah. This bubble of coral just begins closing in and trying to force the Westbreaker under the ocean. Sort of bits of it, like, shatter against the Westbreaker's steel hull, and there are tiny little flechettes in the air. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And the final thing I'm going to do is just launch a bone white fang at Tissa. Coral spike launches from the sea for two damage, unless you pay two. We've got two to pay. Okay. So that puts you at five. You've redirected three times. Outlast has been advanced three times, and you have five in the pool. I regret not grabbing that harp when we saw it, Tissa. (laughs) In my defense, I had had a lot of rum. (laughs) This is true. This is absolutely true. Um, So I think Penelope is just going to use Understanding Survival to try to look for less dangerous paths through the coral um, and add to the pool. Okay, give me a roll, please. (laughs) Oh, oh, well, one success. One success. Better than nothing. Pool goes to six. Cobble and Tissa. Hmm. I have an idea. I love it when you say that. Please continue. Tissa says to Cobb, it's it's not listening. It's we we need to talk. Can can you get me closer? Cl- closer. Uh, all right. Uh, in that case then Cobb is going to use daring survival to Drive the boat closer. All right. This will be adding to the pool. Please do. That was a really good roll for Cobb. Three successes. Nice. Brings the pool to nine. And the Westbreaker draws closer to the islands in the Valley of the Conqueror. They are tall cliffs. Uninhabitable. Completely stone. Except for the lacy, delicate network of coral draped over them. And soon, one of them is close enough that you feel like you could reach out and touch it. Probably shouldn't be that close. And Tissa puts her spear down on the deck and grabs onto one of the spears of coral and casts one more time speaking harpoon and just sort of pulls herself on top and falls limp as she overscatters to talk directly to the coral spirit. We cut to a shrine. 
It is very much like the escape route of the South Wind, but it is alive. It is well-maintained. It is freshly painted. It shines in the tropical light. There are flowers everywhere, and their scent is dizzying. They come in every color you could possibly imagine. And in this space, maybe some you can't. That's all right. That's not what's important. What's important is that there's a figure standing around you, behind you perhaps. You can't see them. Every time you turn to look, you feel as if they are elsewhere entirely. And your brain is struggling to construct features for a presence that you can clearly feel but cannot see in this holy place. And Tissa moves forward, or she feels like she's moving forward, and the temple moves around her as she does so, because she's not really moving. It's still very much the choral spirit's places. She sort of just can basically barely offer the thought, please, what happened? I have to protect this place. I have to protect this place. And I did. But it is still waiting. The demoness? You feel the temple around you nodding. We... We know... We know Juga. There's a silence from the temple. We have to keep him away from that emperor, but help us. Help us learn, if nothing else. It has been a long time since the shattering of my uncle. A long time. Forgive me. You are humans. It is not right for me to hurt you. I will take you to Origin Island. And there is a feeling of a wind blowing against you. And you can hear the scream of some brilliant feathered bird. And I have a question for you. How much scatter did Tissa have going into this? She had five scatter. And so I'm planning, I was planning to overscatter here anyway. Okay. Because you have nine in the pool. So if you spend one, you can just advance it twice and be fine. Oh, I thought that speaking to a god would have to be something more impressive than that. Well, not a god, but like... Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to say that, Tissa, you do awake. You are lying on the coral. You have nine scatter. Okay. The coral spirit has returned a piece of you to yourself. It feels thorny and prickly, and it doesn't seem to fit right in the rest of your spirit, <laughs> but it has been returned to you. And... The coral sinks down into the ocean, leaving, in Cobb's words, endless glittering water and memory time. This was a spicy one. Yes. Yeah. Yay. This combat was intense. I know I say that after, like, a lot of combats, but it... <laughs> It's, it was intense. Like, <laughs> careful what, how much you scatter. Like, careful you don't get pushed around <laughs> by the coral. Careful, like, it's, it was good. It was, like, <laughs> better get two successes or you're, like, chucked overboard. I, I really liked that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to do a lot of first aid on Penelope there so that way she doesn't get, look, getting cut on coral is real bad, kids. Don't do it. Mm. Don't do it. We have just a couple of real banged up cavaliers on the ship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some real messed up cavaliers. 
Thanks for rolling with me for Big Spell, everybody. I loved it. We had some really good spells this time. And yes, the big uh, sending Tissa to the spirit plane to talk with the coral spirit was really cool. I really liked that. Yeah, I dug that a lot. It gave me kind of um, Avatar The Last Airbender vibes from the cartoon with like going into Avatar mode and like bending with the elements. It's like going into Avatar mode and like being with the coral spirits. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's very, very good. You had me and then you lost me and then you had me again. (laughs) Kirsten, that was a roller coaster. (laughs) I mean, isn't every conversation with me a little bit like that? (laughs) But I agree with you. I thought that that was a really good scene Mm -hmm. and I'm glad we got to do it. (laughs) I'm excited to be back on the Coral Coast. This is also my first like straight up survival challenge. Yeah. Because the last one was technically a monster. Yeah. I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) We didn't know that at the time, though. You didn't know it at the time. This is true. I just wanted to do more survival challenges. They're fun. They really are. It brings, like, the feeling of combat and the intensity, but is satisfying in the way of trying to, like, combat with the elements. And um, I enjoy them a lot. I mean, that's the system, right? It's um, sort of taking it away from you must reduce all of the enemy HP to zero gives you a really elegant way to construct other sorts of ways to challenge the players. I'm very glad that you went with redirect because I think I was very obviously trying to cue you guys to go with redirect. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think specifically what I liked about the design here was... Um, that the coral spirit was trying to advance outlast. I like it when there's a tension in the like system like that. Yeah, I've I've done that a couple times because the Ash Duke would occasionally try to. Uh, yeah, 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 the Ash Duke was trying to escape. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, when you do an encounter with a wild animal, they whenever you advance, destroy it. Also advances outlast because they will run. Yeah, because. That's what animals are going to do is they're going to run. Yeah, exactly. Like, like shit doesn't fight to the death outside of it, of like games, you know? Exactly. The screen's gone all whooshy. There are four wolves. Hit them with swords. Hmm. Thank you all for playing with me this week, everybody. It was such fun. I'm so glad to hear that. That's very good. Yeah, this was a good one. Yeah, yay! They all are. So, but I, I'm I'm saying the truth every time. Aw. I had a wonderful time at any rate. Listener, I hope you had a wonderful time. Thank you for joining us. We just think you're the greatest. Because you are. And we love you. That's a fact. If you would like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at Peach Garden RPGs or on our website, peachgardengames.com, where there's a little form you can fill out to get a hold of me, Kat. You can also find the Heroic Discord, where you can discuss the game, the podcast, and the new Harmony Drive SRD. The link to that is in our Twitter bio and in the show notes. Or you can find us on the Be Gay Roll Dice Network and join us in the Memes channel, where we post pictures of raccoons. Have I missed anything important, gang? No, you got the pictures of raccoons, so I think that's everything. I think that's all. Then I guess the only thing left to do is say goodbye, listener. Bye, everybody. See Bye. you next time. Bye. Bye. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. <laughs> Need a new gay found family podcast? We're a queer led actual D&D play. G- nope. <laughs> <laughs> We're a queer led actual play D&D podcast of four best friends who are currently playing. Hold on. We're a bunch of queers playing D&D for a podcast. We're lifelong friends. 
we have space travel, <laughs> magic technology, heist, horses, and a really gooey goblin. I'm stealing all of your stuff. I'm just going to say this entire ad. <laughs> we have great bonus content with the first episode of each arc available for free. <laughs> In the entirety of the first arc, the bone rattlers. Uh, yeah, each arc... <laughs> is set in a excuse me each art is set in a in-universe history podcast about each planet in the planetary system there's more than one we have a bunch of episodes available for binging and wonderful characters to fall in love with and <laughs> including some jank horses <laughs> we have multiple arcs out that follow the story of Val a trite <laughs> ten Val the Triton, an interplanetary <laughs> criminal and MLG gamer. Uh, horse rider extraordinaire. Xerxes, a murderous demon that likes to wear dad hats. And sometimes uh, rides a night horse. horse. Patches, a part-time old lady, full-time ooey-gooey cyborg goblin, and her trusty rusty steed, Horus. And Adam, the small boy technomancer, and their journey as they grow and discover uh, the truth to their pasts. I was going to be mad because I didn't do a character voice, and then I was like, no, <laughs> I did. Magic, Magic Dagger, if the, the true treasure, treasure isn't friendship, friendship I'm, I'm going to be, be mad. mad. I'm going to be mad. If treasure true, friendship bad? 